Coming up, today's guest is a speaker, author, advisor, and the VP of growth at InView. You'll discover what metrics matter when scaling your company, what is customer acquisition 3.0, and what types of TikTok campaigns are working well for them. All that and so much more. The most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. Want to double your downloads using ASO? Check out appmastersacademy.com to discover our exact ASO strategies to grow your downloads. That's appmastersacademy.com. Calculate your app's LTV and predict your mobile app's cash flow over the next year with Pollen VC's LTV Calculator. Learn more by visiting ltvcalculator.pollen.vc. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of AppMasters.com, the place you go when you want action-packed content in the app business. And today, I've got a phenomenal guest that I've known for quite some time now, and I'm super excited to finally make it work because we're literally neighbors. We took a couple of years to make this happen. His name is Lomit Patel. He is the vice president of growth at InView, so I-M-V-U. You can check out the app or InView.com. And Lomit has a great book coming out that's part that's being published by part eric reese's lean startup series it's called lean ai so essentially how do you learn how do you use machines to help you accelerate your growth so without further ado lumit welcome to the show hey steve excited to be here you know you do a lot of speaking and you're everywhere at all these conferences so you've been speaking a lot about that and i know a lot of especially from the bigger companies, a lot has been moving towards programmatic advertising, just programmatic everything. So how do we, as I guess, founders and even people working at bigger companies, how, we, how are we supposed to leverage these machines to help us accelerate our growth? So you're definitely right in terms of a lot, you know, a lot of the trends now with, with all the different places where most people are spending all of their user acquisition budgets, whether it's Google, Facebook, uh, uh, DSPs, or a whole slew of other like ad networks, all of them are pretty much programmatic um, and ad exchanges. So the way to uh, the, the way to think about it, all of these um, different platforms already have some type of AI or machine learning built into their platforms, and so. In this day and age, it's a matter of really just identifying what are those like key levers or inputs that that you can potentially control. And and it really comes down to a couple, which is bids, budgets, creatives are primarily kind of the key ones um, that you can um, primarily automate and control. And and that's where you can sort of uh, leverage sort of having a machine where you can kind of personalize sort of having that sort of um, help you optimize those key levers across all of those different channels. So for some of the people, what I've heard too is, you know, when you let machines take over, you're going to need a hefty budget to get started. Like, is that true, Mohamed? Um Yes, uh, I would say that, you know, you definitely don't want to be doing this if you're spending probably less than uh, a couple of hundred thousand dollars a month, primarily because there is a cost involved, right, in terms of like 
building this type of infrastructure and uh you know uh when, when you when you're kind of looking at kind of the ROI it, it definitely makes sense when you're sort of spending at least over $200,000 a month on your user acquisition because ultimately you want to be spending enough to really get the full value on these types of machines because, because what these machines really help you do is really accelerate your rate of um, running different experiments across the different wearables in terms of like, you know, uh, adjusting different bids at different times of the day, adjusting and trying to figure out what's the right creative messages to be targeting the right types of audiences. And so if you're not spending that much money, you won't be running that you won't be spending enough to really get the full value out of it. Are there, from a newbie question here, is there anything from a, when you're first starting to work with this, these machines, this AI, like are there key things that you sort of focus on? Like, hey, let's get the creative right or let's get retention right or let's get this right before we start approaching this growth? So- so ideally, and I know you've mentioned this on your show uh, with other guests, you know, uh, you know, when it comes to growth, uh, you want to be looking at kind of the entire uh, funnel and user journey. So the idea is you want to you you want to be balanced when it comes to not only focusing on on user acquisition and bringing you know downloads and installs and and registrations and users into the funnel, but you also want to have a um, uh, a good app in place that's that's going to be able to have the right engagement and retention and the ability to monetize these users so you know uh i ideally you know uh you definitely want to have product market fit before you even consider this and you know once once you have product market fit as you know uh you know the challenges you know with with most apps especially gaming apps you you have a short window to really be able to really kind of get the word out there, right? In terms of like who you are and, and, and try to build up that uh, use, user base for um, to, to use your um, uh, game, so to speak. So, so something like this does help in that, even if you don't have great retention in place, you do want to, uh, you know, you still need to focus on how do you spend your money efficiently to even drive those installs and, and, and how do you drive those users to attract the right quality of users to even get into the app in the first place to spend your budget as efficiently as possible. So you can still start leveraging something like an AI machine to do that. But, but, but the best way to do it is, is to make sure you have the other components in place as well. Because otherwise, you're still going to have a leaky bucket. And I know you go into detail in the book, Lean AI. And you guys, if you guys just want to check out the book, go to theleanai.com or just check out Lomit's blog at lomitpatel.com. But essentially, with customer acquisition 3.0, can you tell me a little bit about this? Yeah. So, um, uh, the way I define, um, before I go into 3.0, let, let me just give you the quick definitions of 1.0. So the way I look at customer acquisition 1.0 is pretty much where there was a lot of data, where a lot of the data that people have lives in silos, right? So it's not really connected. So for the most part, when people are spending money, they're not really able to kind of connect the dots where those users are coming in and how they're kind of, you know, um, being engaged, retained, and monetized downstream. And, and so 1.0 is really 
primarily spray and pray to a certain extent. Yeah. Customer acquisition 2.0 is where you know uh, a lot of companies have started getting smarter about creating things like a customer data platform, integrating their different data sources, and and really working with a number of different partners, uh, as as you had mentioned earlier, that that are like. Um, programmatic and exchanges and so they already have some form of AI and machine learning in place but in order to really activate that is that you need to share your post install data with them so it's a matter of sharing the data uh, your user data with them which enables them to get better at helping you to find those types of audiences on their different platforms whether it's Google Facebook or any other partners out there but 3.0 is Ultimately, the difference between 2.0 and 3.0 is with 2.0, I've, and, and I've been in growth for 20 years, and I've worked with a whole slew of different partners, and they're always happy to take your budget. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but I've never had any partners ever tell me, hey, Lamit, you know what? You're spending too much here. Why don't you take some of this off the, off the table and give it to another partner? And so ultimately, 3.0 is, is, is really the whole notion around creating a AI intelligent machine that's really personalized to your business. And so in that, it's about it because you already have all your data sources integrated. And, and so it's about get, having one singular view into comparing how all those different partners are doing through your one singular attribution system. And then having that sort of determine who should really be getting the budget at any given time. And, and so ultimately it changes the, the dynamics from just, just giving partners your budget to really getting them all to compete for your budget. Oh, I like that. Results. And I know with AI being such a huge factor now, like as founders, you can grow like with a really lean team, like a really lean growth team, because, you know, you might, what used to be require a lot of different, like maybe, I don't know, you probably know the better numbers, but you can condense that to like maybe half or a couple of different people running growth for you. That's correct. And, 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 and that's primarily what I have um, at MVU. Uh, you know, I, you know, I feel the modern, uh, growth team doesn't need to be necessarily bloated because a lot of the um, the uh, a lot of the, the the tasks and processes that really happen on growth teams can be automated. So one of the things we did at MVU was 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 just really take a step back and really kind of look at all of the all, all of the different roles that people were doing on the team. And, and, and a lot of those manual processes, which involve sort of managing different channels and, you know, uh, managing bids, managing budgets, and all of those things have pretty much have been automated. So we don't really need people doing that. So it's a matter of like upskilling your, your, your team where primarily, you know, a machine can, can, can primarily do a lot of that for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the key thing is, and, 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 and this is what we found, is that you know you know the modern growth team is primarily around having one growth manager you know one head of growth uh, having like one data scientist uh, and a product manager and a creative designer because ultimately you know creative is one area where you know either you can sort of build that in-house or you can try to you know have a creative expert and and leverage a slew of 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 contractors or freelancers to come up with the creative inputs because creative is one thing that's 
really hard to automate. And 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 once you get a good idea, when you start running different themes, uh, you'll be able to get a good slew in terms of what are the what are the different creative ideas you want to test. So 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 having that done by you know uh, humans is is really important. And and then you know the the, the product manager on the team is primarily someone who's kind of helps um, manage the um, the intelligence system in terms of like setting up all of the inputs and and, and ensuring that all of the connectors because it's all about um, leveraging um, API connectors to all the different data sources, making sure all of those are working as as correctly and that the data is flowing in uh the data hygiene and all and 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 all of the um the qa around the machine is working well the data science is really there to to ensure that the algorithms that the machine is 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 coming up with because ultimately there's two ways that a machine can 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 come up with uh looking at data it, it can either look at the data uh, and come up with structured learning or it could come up with unstructured learning depending on the data patterns. But the key thing is the insights that the machine comes up with, you you, you want to have a data scientist kind of looking at that and making sure that the outputs and the results that you're achieving are are hitting the goals that uh, uh, that you that you're striving for, and 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 having some visibility into making sure that there's no uh, forms of biases or false positives that are coming in, as well. What would you recommend to somebody who is considering a head of growth role? Like, I feel like so much is changing, especially in the mobile space. And I'm sure Lean AI, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. It, it applies to just outside of mobile, right? Like, it can apply to any type of startup. Yeah, so um, I would say for for someone um, considering a, a head of growth role, um, w- one of the things that you want to really be good at is basically have a good broad understanding on all the different channels and and, and the different components on 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 how the on on how the user journey kind of interconnects with all the different pieces from user acquisition to retention to monetization. And, and and having that broad-based knowledge, then, you know, the other thing, you know, you, you want to be good at is, is ultimately, you know, you know, what differentiates a good growth team from a great growth team is really, you know, figuring out what are the right experiments to run, you know, because ultimately you can come up with a list of 100 different experiments and uh, or and but with an AI machine, uh, you you know you, you could come up with tens and thousands of experiments. So so the limitation isn't really on, in terms of what experiments you want to run. It's in terms of what you want to prioritize. You know what are going to be those big bets? Because ultimately, it's going to be those. You know um, you know there's going to be a, there's going to be a lot of experiments that are probably not going to work out. But but. But as a head of growth, you want to be able to identify the ones that 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 could potentially have a systemic shift on the direction of, of where the business is going to go. So you know, you know, as well as you know, having a good network with all of the different partners that you're working with, because ultimately, you know, the biggest opportunities that I have found as head of growth is really getting into um, working on early alphas and betas with different partners before you know everybody else kind of gets ex- exposed to those so you can kind of get in early examples being with uh, at MVU, we were able to get in really early 
with Snapchat before, you know, they rolled out their uh, advertising platform to a lot of other advertisers as well as TikTok. And, and so, you know, with, uh, w- with those partners, we were able to really, you know, learn what, what works and what doesn't work from a creative standpoint, as well as, you know, uh, you know, you know, getting access to their audience where we were paying really uh, low amounts for, for those impressions and, exp- and downloads. That's phenomenal. What? Okay. So if you don't mind sharing and I'll ask this, like, I think TikTok is a great platform now, especially because it is so sort of new in this space right now where I feel like, okay, maybe not a lot of people are exploring it yet, but what's worked well on TikTok for you guys? So for us, um, it's interesting. TikTok, you know, um, one of the things that we learned that didn't work really well was just trying to take some of the videos that we had, you know, that, that was working on other platforms like Snapchat and uh, Facebook or Instagram and just trying to, cause, and, and just trying to like sort of cut that back to like five seconds or whatever, you know, that, 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 that didn't really work. Uh, what has worked is one of the things we've actually started doing with TikTok is, is kind of working with some of the micro influencers on TikTok, people that are actually engaged in using TikTok and kind of getting them to come up with creatives, you know, yeah. and, and, and then amplifying those creatives, what that they come up with, you know, because they already know the platform. They, you know, they have some level of credibility uh, and, and, and kind of use, can, kind of, kind of leveraging that creative. And then the other thing that we've done is kind of taken sort of the themes of those types of creatives and, and try to replicate some of those in house as well. But, oh, yeah. but I feel, but I feel a good starting point is always, uh, at least with TikTok is, I mean, I mean, there's, 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 there's a lot of like creators on there that, that are just looking to try and get some form of like notoriety and, 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 and you can, and you can really start working with them pretty cheap. Do you, you know, is just, there an easy way to find these influencers? Like, is there some like TikTok search <laughs> engine that we can use? There, there is actually, um, um, or like, I don't know if it's publicly available, but, but I know with us, you know, you know, we've been able to get access to a, um, to, in, in, into a dashboard that they have where you nice. can kind of start searching for people on different keywords and then and, and, and try to identify people that way. Well, reach out to Lomit. Maybe he'll give you access to his. But it seems like, hey, having a partnership <laughs> with TikTok really helps out because if you're one of the bigger guys, you can get that early access. And this is more, for, I guess, for the bigger guys out there. But like, I've done the same thing, Lomit. So like, if, you, if you're a startup and you're a founder and you're bootstrapped and you can't get in with the type of partnership, man, like you can find a ton of people, just really try to find one and they're connected to a lot of different people. And what I did was I just had somebody on my team, like just go through, search for some keywords and then like build a list for me. And then we would just cold email everybody and be like, Hey, are you interested in working together? And I found the same thing where, man, there were some guys and I, this is my leads into my next question. There's some guys that are creating amazing content right but then there are some that are just like duds like kind of like hey go check out this app because this is back when we it used to be musically and we promote apps through musically through these micro influencers but how do you make sure that that do you tell them up front like look we're looking for something that you would create that would be clever so you kind of give them the guidelines instead of just giving them a blank slate which is what i said hey just promote this app but you're kind of like hey create something that we could potentially use as an ad later on and help you grow your profile 
That's a really good question. Uh, I can kind of walk through uh, uh, our process when it comes to working with different creators. So one of the things, um, you know, clearly with um, for people that don't know, um, MVU is a social avatar uh, network um, app. So people primarily create an avatar and, 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 and then they kind of, you know, customize the look and feel of the avatar and, and, and then they create different virtual worlds where they can kind of interact and socialize with other people on, on MVU. And so, you know, one of the things that we, you know, in, in order to become an influencer for MVU, uh, and I'll use TikTok as an example, is that we try to have a kickoff call with, with these different part, um, potential influencers. Uh, and uh, one of the things we want them to do is to actually spend some time in an app first to really go and build an avatar to really have some affinity in terms of what the on, in terms of what the app is about we we're not just looking for people that you know are going to just um you know just create just sort of talk about something if they haven't really actually spent some time and and it's easy for us to really know if they've spent time because we actually give them bonus credit so we know if they're actually redeeming that and actually doing stuff in the app <laughs> so it's, you know and, and 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 then based on that you know uh it's really simple just like you and i are talking now it's it's just a matter of sort of talking to them and just really sort of asking them about their experience you know what did they like about it and and potentially you know generally people you know, uh, you know, um, there's 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 some things that people kind of um, uh, navigate towards that that really stands out for them on MVU. One is primarily just just the ability to really customize the look and feel of that avatar that can really look so much like them, as well as yeah. you know, it could give it could kind of look like the aspirational version of them. And you know, with people with people on TikTok, you know, you know, they kind of take these avatars and and then they start creating like little videos of them with their like avatar sort of thing. And 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 so, you know, for us it might look goofy, but the reality is, you know, uh, the the trick on TikTok is 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 kind of the shock and awe kind of look. You know, you want yeah. you want people to kind of create something that is 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 going to just kind of shock them because ultimately and, and and this is the key thing and it's not just with tiktok it's just with life in general right now all of us are getting bombarded with so much stuff so you know everybody's distracted so so the question is you know um depending on whichever platform that um, that, that you're spending money on you want to figure out how are you going to be able to like get that five second of fame where somebody's going to look at your ad and actually take notice and, and respond to it. So, you know, we try to, you know, with TikTok that, you know, uh, going back to your original question, you know, we actually get them to actually um, spend some time get and, and, and get familiar with the product before we actually, um, you know, uh, fully bring them on board and, and get them to, to promote it. Yeah, I love that. It's a great approach. I mean, you may have to pay them ultimately a little bit more than just getting them to promote, but at the, at the same yeah. time, it's worth it because you can leverage that asset for your ads, kind of like what you said. Lumet, is there anything that you're, from a channel's perspective, is there any other new channels that you're kind of like tinkering with and figuring out like, you know, what's the next thing? Because kind of like what you said, like that's how you guys have been able to get in with sort of the, like the lower cost CPIs is because you're early on a certain platform with Snap and now TikTok. Is there any new platforms that you're keeping your eye on? So in terms of new platforms, um, so, so right now, um, going into 2020, 
you know, uh, TikTok's definitely going to be a big focus for us. You know, we definitely want to continue to get deeper into that and just get better and smarter around how we can, because there's a lot of room for growth on TikTok. Another thing just, just that I'd mentioned earlier is, is influences. You know, that's something not just on TikTok, but, but some of the other platforms, you want to try to get a little bit better and smarter around how we can leverage influences as well. And one of the things that, that we're aware of, and I know it's going to impact uh, a lot of other advertisers, is more data regulations that are coming down the pipeline. It started off with GDPR a couple of years ago, uh, CCPA, which is going to impact California, and then there's going to be a whole slew of other states that are going to kind of piggyback off that going into 2020, especially in the U.S. And and and, and so one of, one of the ways, you know, outside of just just getting you know smarter and making sure that we that we're fully compliant and and that we continue to have that relationship and trust with our users. To, to ensure that we continue to get the data that we need to to be able to leverage that for AI and machine learning, that's that's going to be another key thing that we want to focus on in twenty twenty, regardless of what which whichever platform that 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 we use that to to help us scale and grow. And then the other thing I know that you do a lot of, you know, ASO. I mean, I mean that's that's always something that you want to continue to to stay on top of and 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 ensure that that you continue to to get great exposure in, in the different app stores with that. Very cool. So I don't want to end with this. Like you're running growth for InView, like not a tiny company, right? Like a really good company. And you're able to write this book. How are you able to balance both? And then like what kind of advice would you have for somebody who want who's interested in writing a book? So um what I would say is that we all have 24 hours in a day. And uh, the reality is, you know, it, it really just comes down to being disciplined. And, and for me, uh, you know, when it came to, to writing this book, I had to pretty much uh, create uh, a schedule where I was literally writing from like 10 p.m. to 3 a.m., six days a week for about three or four months it you know ultimately um you know it was a it, it was a sacrifice in terms of like you know um sleeping less but uh but 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 it was a uh, you know I, I couldn't take that time out from 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 ensuring that you know i continue to help MU to be successful i couldn't take that time out from 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 family having two kids and in a life, couldn't you know? Uh, I I still like to work out, so ultimately I had to take take that out of my my sleep. But but the reality is, you know, I you know I feel that you know if 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 you feel passionate about something, then you know you you'll figure out a way to to make it happen. Yeah, there's a great book that it's called Make Time. I don't know if you checked it out, but it, it prompted me to, I was doing this off and on, but like it pro- really prompted me to wake up at 5 a.m., like early to rise, early to bed. And it sort of talks about that. Like there's a lot of time, you just got to make time for it. Yeah, and and and, that, and that's the other thing that I did too. You know, I kind of just, 
it's like anything if you do something consistently for probably like 30 days it becomes a habit so i just i just kept doing it and doing it you know until <laughs> it just became second nature and, and 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 then one of the things that i found with uh with writing is you know clearly you know writing a book is a is a big undertaking and so you know it, it was something that i always wanted to do but to warm up to that you know i um I used to love writing before, but I kind of stopped doing that. But but in the last couple of years, I've started getting more active. As you'd mentioned, you know, I speak at conferences. I've been writing a lot more articles that I post on my blog and LinkedIn. It kind of helped me to sort of, you know, warm up and just get back into kind of the flow of writing. And so, you know, by the time it came to sort of writing the book, it was the way I sort of thought about it was, you know, once I had the the plan in place in terms of the outline of what the book was going to look like. I, I, then I sort of looked at each chapter as being a potential article. And then I broke each article into how many words does it need to be? And then I sort of set myself a goal, like, like every day I would, I would write X number of words. And, and the hardest part was just getting started. Once you get started, you know, I, I had to kind of get out of my own way because potentially I was trying to write this perfect thing. And, and then what I realized, it's good to just put the stuff down and then go back and edit it. Yeah. That's the best piece of advice I heard. It was just on a sports podcast, Bill Simmons, and he's, he, was, he used to be, write a lot about sports, but essentially he was like, look, just write. Like, even if it's nothing, just get your fingers onto this and just dish out the first crappy version because you can go back and edit it, but getting into the flow of writing helps you just get into that flow and just write a lot more. Hey, what, what sort of inspired you to write this book? What inspired me was, uh, clearly, um, I've been practicing a lot of this AI and machine learning at MBU for the last couple of years. And, uh, I've definitely seen, how it's enabled us, you know, going back to the, the first thing that you'd mentioned uh, was, you know, how can you scale a business, especially with a lean team? And one of the things is, as you know, hiring is, 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 is pretty tough right? in the Bay, in San Francisco Bay Area, as well as many other cities out there, especially right now for growth talent. And so I, I was, I was, I was thinking about, you know, what, what would be the, what would, enable us to continue to scale and grow this business. And that's when I started really implementing a lot of this. And, and I found that it really turned the business around. And, 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 and the great thing is generally, you know, you know, what I found is, you know, when, when you scale certain channels, you kind of hit a rate of like saturation and you have to continue to keep finding more and more places to go to. But yeah. But leveraging AI and machine learning, we've continued to to have that hockey stick growth continue to go up in in, in, in a number of all the key channels that we're spending without sort of hitting that diminished return. And primarily that's really come from the fact that as uh, with, with our AI machine, uh, it's able to find insights looking at all of this uh, velocity of all this user data that we get that that as humans we, we would wouldn't be able to like process that that velocity and, and figure those insights out so it's really given us a competitive advantage and you know i know that a lot of the big companies are up are, are, are leveraging some of this but but not it's probably like less than five percent of 
businesses are really doing this and 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 love to kind of share this because because i think ultimately as an industry it'd be great for everyone to sort of uh to adopt to this because because at the end of the day you know the better that that we can get at, at driving growth the the better it helps move the industry forward as well and gets more and more better products out there completely is there anything i miss that you want to make sure we cover no, um, you know, uh, you already mentioned the book. Um, what, uh-huh. what I was going to say, what I was going to say is um, the 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 Lee, um, uh, Lean AI, the book, the the online version is going to be out in February, and uh, and it's available for pre order right now on Amazon, and it's going to be out in the printed version is going to be out in March, twenty twenty. Awesome. Congrats on everything. Okay. I'm glad to know you. I'm glad we finally got to do this. So the book is called Lean AI. Go check it out on Amazon. It's available for pre-order. By the time you're hearing this, the book should be available on the web. If not, go check out Lomit's blog, lomitpatel.com or theleanai.com. All right, Lomit, before we hit the big finish, I do want to thank my sponsor, Pollen.vc. Look guys, your hard-earned revenues that you've used use that you've earned maybe working with the great influencer on tiktok you're like man i was able to work with this campaign worked really well we got so much revenue out of this well if you want it faster so that you can reinvest in your campaigns that are working really well that's what pollen vc does for you it just allows you to get access to your revenues from the app stores because there's a delay from your ad networks to get it faster so that you can reinvest in any type of campaign that's working well for you so if you want to check them out, go learn more at pollen.vc, pollen.vc. I know Martin really well, the CEO, and he's willing to help you guys out. It's a really cool dude. So even if you don't work with him, he's going to show you, share it with some, from a financial perspective, how you guys should be approaching growth. Once again, it is pollen.vc. Lomit, this has been absolutely amazing, but let's go to the big finish. Give us one app that we should definitely check out. So one app that's really been helpful to me, uh, uh, it's called Otter. I don't know if you heard of it. O T T E R. I have, but I forget what it is. I did download it. I, did, I remember checking it out. So let me tell you how I use Otter. Uh, okay. so, so Otter is basically an, uh, a, a a recording app where it will it will kind of uh, record your voice and it will turn that into a transcript. And it's got really strong accuracy in in, in picking up the the words really well and so i've used it in meetings you know so it enables me to really sort of you know recap and, and send follow-up emails with with different team members and stuff but the other the, the other thing that i really used it for and where it helped me was was to write this book too so one of the things that i deal with is a two-hour commute each way to work and so what i've been so what i what, what i started doing was was to figure out how can I leverage those four hours to 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 help me you know get more productive with writing the book. And so one of the things I used to do in my car was depending on which chapters that I was working on, you know I would just start brainstorming with myself in the car in terms of hey I want, you know this is what I want to sort of cover today and 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 and, and the app would just start writing all of those things down. And so then it was a matter of just you know taking a lot of those ideas, copying and pasting into a document, and then sort of massaging the work. So that brilliant. I would say really helped me kind of growth hack part of my book. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's a great app. Okay. I actually have never heard of it. I was thinking about something else yeah. then, but I just checked out the app and I haven't downloaded it. That's why I love this question as well. All right. I got to check this out. <laughs> Lomit, what's a lesson that took you the longest to learn? 
there's a lot of lessons, but I would say for me, it's patience. You know, uh, ultimately, you know, uh, I, I feel, you know, that, you know, uh, when you start looking at something and thinking about it in the long term versus, you know, the short term, it really changes your perspective on, on things. And, you know, for me, uh, you know, especially having kids has, has really helped me to sort of get better, you know, being more patient. And, 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 and that's kind of, you know, translated into, you know, um, a lot of other areas of my life where I used to be more impatient before. Yeah, so true. I love the way you put that as well. Well, the book, once again, is called The Lean AI. Check it out, theleanai.com. And then check out Lomit's blog at lomitpatel.com. And then obviously check out the MVU app, I-M-V-U, on your favorite app stores. Lomit, if the audience wants to follow up with you anywhere else, do you want to send them anywhere else? Yeah, I mean, feel free. Um, I'm very active on LinkedIn. So, you know, if, if they want to uh, uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn, just follow me or, 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 or send me an invite. I'm happy to connect with anyone who reaches out to me. Awesome. Check out the book. I'm going to grab it. I'm going to grab the pre-order as well to check out the book. It is going to be awesome. Look, as growth becomes more AI driven, you're going to need to know how to really, what levers to kind of put together. I think this is just a little snippet of what's in the book and you're going to learn a ton more. So it is called the lean AI limit. Thank you so much for coming on and doing this. You're welcome, Steve. Thanks for having me. Thank you all for listening and I'll see you on the next chat. Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.